0: Hello everyone and welcome back to our spiritual special series with the Northern Virginia Church of Christ. And today we're going to be doing a follow-up on our forgiveness episode. I'm Sarah Schwartz, the campus intern, and I'm with Katie Fisk, our singles leader. Hello everybody.
1: It's exciting to actually get back on uh, quote-unquote the air with you guys. (laughs) Yep, it's (laughs) been a while. (laughs) Quarantine kind of took us out for a while. (laughs) Who knows when we'll even be back to be honest, but Uh, yeah, we actually just really felt like we needed to have a follow-up to the forgiveness episode. Um, We had a couple questions sent to us afterwards. And so we just want to explore some of those questions, but just in general, like what's going on right now and how forgiveness um, is so important in a time that we're living in today. So um, with that, I just wanted to share, there's a situation recently that I had with someone where I needed to repair our relationship. And I honestly just kept feeling so angry and frustrated every time I thought about it. I felt like I was being misunderstood, accused, attacked, condemned, put in a corner. I felt like it wasn't fair. I felt like I wasn't allowed to disagree. I tried praying through it over and over again. I tried meditating on the serenity prayer and working the 12 steps, reminding myself that I couldn't control this person's thoughts, feelings, or response. I couldn't even control the outcome of the conversation and how this person would see me or if they would agree with me. I called a trusted advisor to get advice and she told me to just apologize and own up to whatever I could. But I still felt frustrated and tempted to get really angry and imagine blowing up on the person with all the reasons why I was right and how I was being treated unfairly. But then I was thinking and praying about it again for a while one day and God like knocked me on the head with something. And he said, Katie, you don't want to apologize for something you don't feel like you need to apologize for, even Mm -hmm. though it hurt this person. But think about the people who have hurt you. You want them to apologize for the things that they don't think they need to apologize for simply because they hurt you. You want them to apologize for your pain, regardless of whether they agree or they think that they should. Therefore, you should apologize for this person's pain, regardless of whether you agree or you think you should, without defense, explanation, or justification. I thought about Jesus and how he didn't defend or justify himself, even
0: when he had the right to. Wow, that's all really real. And I think that perspective is so helpful, because I've had moments where I felt really hurt by people. And I just went so badly for them to apologize, yeah. or even just recognize like the situation, like how they made me feel. But very little do I switch it to the situation to sit in the other person's shoes. Uh, when I'm quote, unquote, the offender. Yeah. Um, the funny thing is, like, I've hurt people's feelings more often than I'd like to admit. Mm. Um, You know, I've Been come up to people where they tell me how I made them feel belittled or mocked and literally I had no idea about how I hurt their feelings because it was not my intention at all I had this heart where I was like man I have the best intentions I want to help but I'm really imperfect and I make a lot of mistakes Um, and so after I hurt this person they come up to me um, I'm quick to just let my pride take over and be defensive Mm because I don't want to be labeled on the wrong side or as the villain because I was just trying to do my best to do what was right and good. My intentions were all right. So I don't want to hear that I was wrong because yeah. I was just trying to do what was right. Um, so immediately I just start thinking the worst rather than seeing what the other's intentions were behind what they said to me. Um, so when I'm in the shoes of, that I'm hurt, um, it's really easy to say, man, they can their heart wasn't to really help me. They were trying to hurt me or they have no idea rather than being like, wow, they're just trying to help me and let me help them help me by figuring out what what can be done.
1: Yeah. I think the key word that you used is intention, right? It's like, as soon as we feel like our intentions were good and they're not being understood or recognized, we feel absolved to apologize. But I'm just learning over and over again that intentions really do not matter that much as what is actually communicated and what is actually heard. Yeah. And after, you know, having that kind of a knock on the head prayer with God, um, I also had to remind myself about what I really wanted at the end of the day. Did I really want to shame this person and their feelings so that I would feel right or in the right or that I had won? Did I really want to them to feel misunderstood by me? Did I really want to shut down the conversation with my approach? Did I really want to repel this person because of the attitude that was going on in my heart and what I really wanted to say? <laughs> Did I really want to label this person by their character defects and past sins and put them in a box? I know I don't like being treated that way. Yeah. Did I really want to alienate this person? Did I really want to make myself the victim? Would any of this be righteous at all? And of course the answer was no. (laughs) Or did I want both of our thoughts, feelings, and experiences to be valuable? And that kind of helped me reset what is the actual goal of the conversation and why forgiveness is so important because forgiveness is needed for restoration, reconciliation, and relationships. Without it, it just becomes a battle of who's right and wrong, and it becomes alienating rather than bringing us together. So when we did our two episodes before, one on forgiveness and one on the good eye, uh, we think they go pretty hand in hand. Having a positive, generous perspective on life helps us to forgive. I think Sarah yeah. you wanted to share some things about that.
0: Yeah, literally when I think about forgiveness in the good eye episode, it makes me think about 1 Corinthians 13, which if you don't know the scripture, it's literally all about love. Mm -hmm. Um, It talks about love is patient, love it kind, it does not envy, does not boast, and it goes on and on. It's such a beautiful scripture, um, but at the very end of the love is section, it says love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. And I find this to be really connected with the forgiveness and good eye discussion we had Um, way back when I was fresh out the waters. I know I'm a young Christian now, but we're talking real baby disciple. Um, (laughs) I had a really hard time forgiving a sister for really hurting my feelings. And my pride really blinded me from the truth of the situation. And it just turned out that my insecurity labeled every single action as she doesn't like me she's yep. trying to avoid me she doesn't want nothing to do with me but in reality she was living her life and not ignoring me at all these situations were just literally random bits nothing was intended to read off this way but my insecurity immediately made it as i know like when a person turns the other way when they see me that means that they don't want to talk to me like so quickly all that happened. And yeah. I just remember sitting down with my discipler, and she shared kind of the situation of where the sister was at and how it wasn't intentional and it was really my insecurity. And then she shares the scripture with me. And the truth was, instead of hoping and trusting in the situation in my sister, and her intentions were pure, I let all of my insecurity take place. And I deeply believed she disliked me and was intentionally avoiding me. Um, so this whole idea of the love, hopes, love also, are always perseveres, yeah. always trusts. It made me think of this good eye perspective where it's this positive trusting outlook, um, not only on our brothers and sisters or in the world, um, and we can have this good outlook because of God. So the the good eye, I, I feel like really, and forgiveness as well, comes back to love. Yeah, I, I love that.
1: That's <laughs> um, <laughs> awesome. I, I didn't even think about that when we were doing our original episode on the good eye, but really having a good eye or a good perspective towards life is it can be completely summed up with just love and what love Mm. is. If we look out on the world with the lens of love, if we look at people with the lens of love, it allows us so much more easily to forgive, to let go um, and not harbor things in our heart. We wanted to give you guys a couple more tools as well um, to help help us all with forgiveness. Um, it's, it's interesting. So Hillel and Shammai were, uh, the two most, uh, (laughs) well-known rabbis and, um, and two different, uh, I guess, trains of thought when it came to Jesus's day. And, uh, most of the uh, rabbinical debates that happened on that around that time were about Hillel's side versus Shammai's side or what their perspectives were, what their approaches were to life. And uh, Hillel actually prescribed something specifically for forgiveness. And he said, whenever you're struggling with forgiveness, try to think of two reasons why that person could have done, why they did what they did or why they would have done what they would have done with a a good perspective, um, imagining the best intentions and then by then, <laughs> that will probably help you to forgive or help you to soften your heart. Wow. Um, I think about Jesus's prescription in Matthew five um, to forgive, and His prescription uh, to forgive in Matthew eighteen as well. Um, that we should always forgive, um, even you know we talked about this in our last forgiveness podcast, but even up to seventy times seven or infinite, infinitely. <laughs> Forgive. I think about Paul's prescription in Romans 12 that love must be sincere and that instead of repaying wrong with wrong, we should repay wrong with right and uh, answer our persecutors, as Jesus was saying in Matthew 5, with prayer, with love, with literally generosity and giving. And so breaking those cycles of violence and um, hatred and unforgiveness with the opposite, which is obviously forgiveness, generosity, and love. Um, for me, something that helps me as well is is just having daily vows to myself and to God that remind me, um, to check my perspective. One of my vows is if I'm tempted to gossip or complain or argue to go to God in prayer and gain perspective or to go to a friend and gain perspective. Um, I have these vows to basically help myself check in on my character defects, knowing that I tend to hold grudges, knowing that I tend to be critical, knowing my sinful nature and being in touch with that. And having those daily vows reminds me that I need to let go. It reminds me that that's not really the way that I want to live, nor is it God's way. Um, And I do tend to dismiss the plank in my own eye while I make a huge deal out of the speck and in others. And so it helps me to remind myself of what my weaknesses and struggles are, um, rather than, you know, just continuing to point fingers in my head. Yeah. Um, another tool that's really helped me is honestly just the scripture, Romans 15, 14. It talks about how we are convinced that all of our brothers and sisters are full of goodness, incompetent to instruct us. And um, Ayana Booker would literally bring that scripture up like every single discipling time that we had. And she like drilled it into my head, but it was so helpful because at the end of the day, so much of my worries, my complaints, my anxieties came to not trusting that my brothers and sisters really were full of goodness. Um, And even my relationship with Matt, at that time we were dating and engaged and then we got married and so much of our arguments and my issues with him and my, my hatred um, at different points came back down to not trusting that he really was full of goodness. Mm -hmm. And it reminds me of how um, God created us in his image and he started with goodness. So we are all created from goodness and there is in goodness in all of us. And sometimes what can really help me when I'm struggling to forgive is just really taking the time to pray for that person and specifically pray about the goodness in that person. And sometimes that's really, really hard. And it takes me a long time um, to think of some good things about that person or some good possible intentions, but it really tends to soften my heart by the end.
0: Yeah. And I think that's honestly been one of the most humbling ways for me to forgive people is to pray for them. I mean, I've even prayed for people who haven't really wronged me, but I just feel some sort of way. <laughs> like there is this, I I'm dating right now. God has blessed me with a wonderful boyfriend. He's and so I, sweet. <laughs> I love all the little things yeah. he does for you. He's so cute. But before we were dating, there was this one sister who he got real close to and like, that, that was, that was fine and all. But then like, I saw him, she like touched his face, like just poked it. And uh-uh. I just like, it drove me crazy. <laughs> and like in my heart, I was like, I can't forgive her because like, I'm watching her go, like she's gonna steal this guy. And I'm trying to have boundaries and not get this guy's attention, but she can. And <laughs> literally to forgive like her essentially in my mind, like I was like, I just have to pray for their relationship. Yeah. Like, and I just remember like praying to God so many times. I'm like, oh God, if you know James and the sister are meant to be then like I pray you're with them like their relationship's going to yep. build successfully and that you just really honor and glory like you're honor and glorified mm-hmm. and like every time you're like but you know what I want God but I'm gonna be surrendered <laughs> it's the hardest thing but it really helped me so sur- even just surrender which is a whole new topic in itself but yeah just surrender as well like and be able to forgive that sister so every time I see her I'm not like She's trying to get the guy I like. Yeah. And even now she's dating, which is wonderful, which is like, amen, God. Really totally secure in you, but <laughs> <laughs> situation's clear. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I
1: it's clear how you praying for that person, you praying for that sister, it helped you taking the time to consider being in her shoes. Um, For us, just taking the time to consider being in people's shoes, their upbringing, their hurts, their baggage, their thoughts, their feelings, their experiences. Um, Something that helps me a lot, too, is thinking about how I love that quote, hurt people hurt people Mm -hmm. and considering, okay, if, if someone has hurt me, let me think about the ways that this person has probably been hurt. Maybe not yeah. even just recently, but in their entire lives, have they been abused? Have they been mistreated? You know, what pain could they possibly still be carrying around that could kind of blind them from the way that they can mm-hmm. also hurt others? Um, I think practicing thinking of good qualities um, of the person like we talked about, it can be really helpful. Not that they outweigh or excuse the bad, but they help remind us that helps remind us that people are not just their sin. And not just their flaws, not just their mistakes, but there's so much more to a person than that. Wow. I think practicing gratitude, even in prayer, that's, that's another step, not only to think about the goodness in a person who has hurt you, but to then even thank God for them and who they are and their character and the ways that they refine you or help you or even drive you to God (laughs) can be Mm -hmm. helpful and can increase our awareness. And I also think about the lesson that we learn from the story of Jonah and how God sent Jonah to preach to the Ninevites. And Jonah ran away and he was like, No, I don't want to do it. And then, you know, the fish swallowed him. And then he was like, Okay, I guess I'll do it now, God. <laughs> and so he goes and preaches. But then when they actually repent, he gets all upset. And he's being super dramatic. And he's like, God, I don't even want to live anymore. And God's like, you just totally missed the point. Why are you so upset that they repented? Like, okay, yeah, they were horrible people and doing horrible things. But basically, Jonah wasn't able to see past these people, like Mm -hmm. in their sin and their mistakes. But the whole point was that God did. God saw their potential The entire time that the Ninevites were in sin, the entire time that they were um, living horrible lives, you know, doing all kinds of abusive things, God still saw their potential and he wanted Jonah to see their potential. And that's what God held on to. And that's why God was so easily able to forgive them as soon as they repented, which is just amazing to me. So a couple other thoughts um, I wanted to share is from the book called Codependent No More by Melody Beattie. Um, and as I've shared before, I've, I'm in a group uh, recovery program for codependency. Uh, I am probably the most codependent person I know. <laughs> so this book has been really helpful for me. But there's a there's a little section in one of the chapters on um, where it's just talking about bits and pieces of things she's learned here and there. But there's a little section in there called for on forgiveness. And some of the things that she said were really helpful to me. And I think answer some of the questions that have come our way since we started talking about this. And she talks about how forgiveness can be hard for different reasons. Sometimes it's hard because we're so tired of forgiving. Um, even a certain person, we spent our whole lives repeatedly forgiving the same people, especially when it comes to addiction or abuse. In those situations, we hear promises, we believe lies, and we try to forgive some more. But then eventually, sometimes we just run out of forgiveness. Mm. Sometimes we don't want to forgive because that would mean making ourselves vulnerable to further hurt, and we just don't feel like we can handle any more pain. Sometimes we feel like we're doing everything we can to forgive, but the pain and anger just won't go away. And so that forgiveness doesn't feel real or complete. And then we feel guilty. Um, There's so much hurt piling on so fast, we can't even catch our breaths and process to forgive. And I think that's very much um, applicable to what's going on in this world right now with all Mm -hmm. of the racist incidents. And then we feel guilty when people say, why can't you forgive and forget? People uninformed about the disease of alcoholism, and this is where I'm going to quote her, and other compulsive disorders frequently ask that, For many of us, the problem is not forgetting. Forgiving and forgetting feed our denial system when -hmm. it comes to things like addiction and abuse. We need to think about, remember, understand, and make good decisions about what we are forgiving, what can be forgotten, and what is still a problem. And forgiving someone does not mean we have to let that person keep hurting us. An alcoholic doesn't need forgiveness. He or she needs treatment. We don't need to forgive the alcoholic, at least not initially. We need to step back so he or she can't keep stomping on our toes, end quote. I think what that brought up for me is that it's not best to feed a person sin, disease, or abusive behavior in the name of forgiveness. Now, I do do think that Jesus' prescription is always forgiveness. There's never a way out of not forgiving. But her point, I believe, is that we shouldn't forgive and and call uh, feeding someone's sin or addiction forgiveness, because those are not the same thing. She also says that we should not misuse forgiveness to justify hurting ourselves, And we shouldn't misuse it to help other people continue hurting ourselves, which I think again is so applicable when it comes to addiction and abuse. Forgiveness is also closely tied to the acceptance part of the grief process. Often we need to grieve before we can even forgive or surrender.
0: Wow, that's literally so many deep points. And I think just hearing each of those points, like back to back, it just makes you think that this is a whole process and forgiveness takes time. And I'm not saying again, like you're saying, like forgive as a label to feed into sin, but, or this thing where it's like, Oh, it takes time where I just bury how I feel and just wait until it heals on its own. Like that's not how it works. Anytime you have a wound, if you don't let a doctor take care of it properly, it, it causes problems for the whole time. So you, It honestly, it just takes time, but not time to bury, but just time to go down those roads of bitterness, like go down those roads of hurts. Um, And literally for me at times where I've pushed it down, like it just never works. I've tried so many times and I just like pretend I'm fine, but it just leads me down this area of bitterness and a hard heart and all this emotional damage where I don't trust other people where all my relationships, I'm more hostile in. Mm -hmm. And I just see, at the end of this whole process just takes time. And we have a lot of deep hurts that we need to work through and express to one another in a healthy way. And I think it's really important to recognize this process, even for myself, because I can find myself feeling really guilty Mm -hmm. knowing that I'm in the wrong and then beating myself up because I'm like, why can't I just forgive this person? Why can't I let it go? But it really does take time to process my own hurt and emotions and that's okay.
1: Yeah. I love what you said about that because it is so true. I think um sometimes because the Bible can be so direct about forgiveness, yeah. we can use that and then kind of hold each other to this standard of, well, you need to just forgive immediately. What's wrong with you? Why haven't you forgiven already? It's been <laughs> it's been 2 minutes. You haven't forgiven for 2 whole minutes. You know, but it really does take time sometimes and it's hard work. And I think there's been situations in this last year that have taken me weeks, if not months to really fully forgive. And Mm. I've had to go down that road that you were talking about where I actually feel my feelings and I don't sweep them under the rug. And to be completely honest with you guys, there were a few weeks where I literally felt hatred and anger just completely take over my heart. Mm -hmm. And that was a really scary time for me because the whole time I wondered, am I still a Christian? Like I'm struggling, I'm praying, I'm journaling, I'm confessing, but it won't go away. Wow. And being really scared of what will people think about me? But I I think what you said is true. It's just sometimes it it takes time and it takes really hard work. Um, And I think a couple of things that we just want to, we want to end out talking about is, is just how we, desperately we need forgiveness, um, in our world right now. Um, first of all, just thinking about the quarantine, like we've been, it, there's been studies that have come out that we are hitting a wall that nationwide over these last few weeks. Um, you know, people are getting more tired, more drained, um, emotions, um, and tensions are high. And this is a time where we definitely need to be patient and gracious with each other. Um, A lot of us are stir crazy, (laughs) um, being cooped up in the house, um, not able to go anywhere, not able to let off steam in the ways that we're used to. Um, Stress is high. Some of us feel lost and aimless and idle compared to our regular schedules where other of us are working harder than ever and feeling more pressure and more stress with our jobs than ever before. And then, like I said, we're in tight quarters um, in a way and, and we're, we're developing this cabin fever. And so all of that just leads to usually a lot more miscommunication, a lot more hurt, um, a lot more lashing out on each other. And so it's definitely a time where I'm realizing in my relationships, especially my close relationships in this house. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. quote In this house, (laughs) in this house, (laughs) um, that I need to extend
0: a lot of grace and a lot of patience. Yeah, I can relate being stuck with my family as all adults definitely feel the, <laughs> the stir crazy and, and the people I'm closest with are the people I need to be the most patient with. Um, but even for me in this quarantine, I found it really challenging because I am I just feel like I've been stuck at home with my thoughts. Mm-hmm. There's so much more time to dwell in in your thoughts and your moods and emotions. And I realized a lot of past hurts and situations kind of just have been coming to mind a lot more often and I'm yeah. playing these memories and they seem to be more vivid or more emotional each time I, I feel myself when I'm thinking about it get riled up as well and you know one of our previous podcasts too like Katie I remember you expressing similar feelings about replaying those memories and all of those just yeah. damaging damaging our ability to forgive and I think it's very helpful to reflect on these situations um and, but definitely needing to go on the practical side of mm-hmm. stepping to the other shoes, spending time reflecting on my own mistakes and my own sins to help me forgive. So I think these practicals will be very helpful because if you're like me, you have more work, but you also have more time in quarantine. Um, and as much as I want to shove away the processing part, like God's definitely bringing it up in my heart that there's needed processing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I just keep hearing that over and over again from so many people in quarantine that one of the hardest parts is being stuck alone with our thoughts so much more. Um, And it's, it's crazy, because we really do have a lot to grieve in this quarantine. Mm -hmm. There's so many little losses that we experience every day. And Um, and of course, major losses too, as some of us lose our family members, our friends, our loved ones, um, people that we know, um, relatives, coworkers, neighbors, um, and then, you know, maybe the medium losses of not getting to have a graduation ceremony, Mm -hmm. um, or not sure if, you know, not being able to experience your entire senior year, (laughs) um, or even just be able to celebrate a birthday. You know, there's so many losses. Um, and even just the normal things of like going to the grocery store. I mean, that has become a whole event inside itself. Like, yeah, I definitely feel the loss of being able to just do that quickly and without worry, you know? And so I think if we don't grieve the losses, the little and the medium and the the large, um, it also um, keeps our stress high. Um, and yeah. it can and lead to a lot more hurts as well and lashing out on others. But something I, I think is even more important for us to talk about is the need for forgiveness in all of the racism um, that we've been living in. And obviously it, it's only being highlighted um, through yeah. all the events that have happened recently with Ahmad, with Brianna, with George. Um, this has been our world. Um, this has been our culture for a long time. And- Um, it's, it's the reality for people of color every single day, even if it's only being broadcasted to some of us now. Um, but I just think, gosh, it's such a time and a need for forgiveness. I know I have needed to apologize so much lately for my white privilege that I have not been in touch with, that I have not seen. For my white fragility, where the way I respond to conversations of race or posts about race, um, I've actually shut the conversation down by the way that I've Mm -hmm. responded and didn't even realize it, and how hurtful that is, how painful that is, how that completely just keeps the racist system going. Um, I've had to tell friends who have tried to engage me on the topic of race before in the last, you know, many years. I've had to apologize to them and ask them for forgiveness because they tried to tell me that I needed to learn more, but I was offended. I shut down the conversation. I saw, I saw myself as unprejudiced and informed and basically like thought that I could determine who is racist and who is not. And what does Mm -hmm. racism look like? And what does it not as a white woman? How could I, I, I can't determine that, but yet I, I basically, that's what I was doing. Um, and so I've, I've needed to do a lot of apologizing and it's just really brought to the forefront of my, my mind, my white privilege. And the thing that's just really hit me the most is the luxury that I have had to not have to care every day, every moment of every day, the luxury of not having to address racial issues constantly for my own identity, my own safety, my livelihood, my career, um, my family, my friends. And the luxury that I've had to be able to compartmentalize it when it comes up on the news or when I see incidents of racism or even systemic um, racism, because that's really what it is, is a system. I've had the luxury of being able to compartmentalize rather than live and breathe in this reality and this threat. Mm. And I think as I've been digging deeper and starting to... Unfortunately, just starting to realize and learn, um, I've found that the answer—what I feel like God is—keep saying is the answer is mercy. Both sides need to give each other mercy, um, and I hate that because when I think about how imbalanced the mercy has been on both sides, I mean, oh my gosh, we have so much mercy. Um, to to make up for as white people is what I mean, um, but I, I still find that the solution is we still need to give each other mercy, regardless of how behind we are. And I think about um, a good friend, um, Josh Lund, was talking about how um, the Good Samaritan and the story of the Good Samaritan is really a story of mercy in action, and um, it, it's a story of racism as well. And the good Samaritan actually did act out mercy. He didn't just feel pity, like the others, the others who passed by did, but he acted on mercy. And I think about what Michael Burns um, said, where he's quoting James, but wishing someone to be warm and well fed is not good enough, and um, real forgiveness leads to real action and leads to real kindness, Um, not just being nice, um, but truly
0: um, giving generous um, kind of love. Yeah, wow, I definitely agree on every level that we, like, literally everyone needs forgiveness in these racial issues, and these things have been going on for generations, and some people, you know, I know Katie and I definitely have been more recently yeah, working through a lot of these things it's it, it really does break my heart um just learning more and it's extremely challenging working through these issues I know I've grown really tired after having so many conversations with my friends just what are your experiences what is it like like I don't I just don't understand and yeah I've yeah. definitely realizing I've just grown up really ignorant to these issues like and that in itself is is privilege. Right. like i Yep. don't need to know I can stay ignorant and yep. even even engaging in racism without even the knowledge of what it is like again intentions were great like I was a pure innocent child mm-hmm. in a lot of the instances and I look back and I'm like oh my gosh like why did no one stop me from doing that because that's clearly racist but I was yeah. like oh like I'm just trying to celebrate and people are like that's not what that is um, but I know I feel very ashamed and embarrassed and can feel so guilty about how I've been so ignorant and how it's taken me so long, but I just think even a part of this journey, as all these things are coming and we're learning more, I realized that we have to go back to all those areas and those times where we shut down people, where we've been racist or we were ignorant, and just forgive ourselves. Um, you know, maybe we're late to learning, or maybe maybe things have gone on very long, but that's that's there's no need to hold ourselves captive and guilt because it makes it harder to grow. I know Mm -hmm. if I don't forgive myself, I'm not going to be able to love and continue giving Um, because there's always going to be that wall of, of essentially like invulnerability. If I'm not forgiving, like I'm not going to let my wall down and actually be able to love fully. Um, So it's definitely this time process, but we need to be patient and kind.
1: Yeah. I think what I'll, what I'll end with um, is just, again, the, desperate need right now for mercy and for forgiveness. Um, but reminding us that like melody Beattie said, we should never misuse forgiveness to justify hurting ourselves and never misuse it to help other people continue hurting themselves. So, amen. Thank you guys so much for listening to our podcast. Um, again, please feel free to reach out to us with questions, comments, um, You can email me at fisk.katie at gmail.com. And we hope you
0: guys have a great day. Yeah.